Hey, everybody. We're so excited to be back with Life on Purpose Live. We have Reverend Global um, uh, 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 Evangelist. We have best-selling author Frank Shelton with us today. He has got such an amazing um, array of experience. We're going to have a hard time thinking of all the things we're going to talk about, but he has spoken uh, in front of millions of people uh, on TV, uh, hundreds of thousands in person. You've seen thousands come to Christ, repent in some of these revivals. Um, and yet God called you when you were seven years old and you started reading the Bible. I mean, God set you apart years ago. Now you're a global evangelist. What happened in your life where God was able to do all that through wow. you? Well, first of all, it's Grace, and I'm I'm thrilled to be with you today, Beth. You're amazing. Thank and you. two, um, the way the pandemic is, I joke our ministry is called Frank Shelton Global, but our next newsletter is going to say Frank Shelton Local. The walls are <laughs> craving pretty soon. Yeah. But, you know, he he said bloom where you're planted. So yeah. you know, we, we've done London, we've done Los Angeles, but I live five miles from La Plata, Maryland. I'm right outside of DC. Oh wow. And and bigger is not better. Um but better is better. And uh, yeah. number two, I was blessed to grow up uh, with some godly parents. That's so um, awesome. Who you hang out with is what you become. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the fruit isn't far from the tree. So I, I'm blessed. I also want to go on record. My godmother, Judy Henderson, led my mother to the Lord. And uh, this isn't normally in the script. Um, three weeks in a row. The Mormons came to my house at six years old and we're going door to door. And my mom knew not to let strangers in, uh, but she didn't grow up pretty much good people, but not a Christian background. Yeah. You know, they went to Christmas once a year. Mm -hmm. and she said, if these people come by one more time next week, I'm going to let them in and see what they got to say. Cause she wanted to raise the kids in mm -hmm. some type of structure and praise the Lord. God, my godmother is in Dallas, Texas, and she heard Josh McDowell preach at a large outdoor event, gave her heart to Christ, flies back to Washington Monday. The next day, a brand new Christian, my mom's best friend from fourth grade, led my mother to the Lord. And two days later, the Mormons came back and my mom said, thanks, but no thanks. I found what I'm looking for and slammed the door on their face. <laughs> So yeah. I may have been the most excited Mormon or Jehovah Witness you've ever met. And thank God I met Christ and not a cult. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Because you, that, I mean, that could have been a big fork in the road oh, and it would have been the wrong way. Yeah. And that's why we got to share our faith. I mean, she hadn't been saved 24 hours. And yeah, all she knew right. was there's one way to heaven. His name is Jesus and God loves you. And she ran with it. And what yeah. breaks my heart is 9,000 churches in America the year before the pandemic, Beth, didn't see one baptism in 9,000 churches in 52 weeks. So I tell people I grew up in a Baptist background, but respectfully, we don't even live up to John the Baptist's name, much yeah. less Jesus the Christ. I was just told he or she that wins souls is wise. But yeah. to answer your question, I was going to go into politics or protect the president or preach the gospel. And you and, did that. Yeah, yes, to an extent. My family has in my father. Well, my father protected eight U.S. presidents. Wow. And um, the Sheltons have directly or indirectly protected the last 26 of 29 U.S. presidents. 
Wow. Is that Secret Service? Uh, Capitol Police, D.C. Police. Yeah. My father got the director of the Secret Service Leadership Award, but my father was the assistant chief of the entire U.S. Capitol Police. Wow. So where you just saw that, you know, I I, I don't even like to use the word insurrection because there's always two sides to every story. Yes. But you have a better chance of getting into Fort Knox than getting in the building that my dad help protect. My dad was in charge of the entire security for President Clinton's first inaugural. Um, And so having said that, uh, but my ancestor, Beth, hand carried Abraham Lincoln across the street from Ford's Theater the night of the assassination. It was a shelter that carried Lincoln. So we go back 150 years in Washington. I I personally worked in four White Houses in different capacities as a volunteer. Um, Then I I was going to join the Secret Service I did two years with the U.S. Capitol Police, but I used to write speeches for a majority leader of Congress. I was a Ford fundraiser to George W. Bush. Um, I was the youngest in 40 years to work on the floor of the U.S. Senate. So I went from writing speeches to giving them, and I felt like the Lord said, Frank, you could probably reach more out of Washington than in it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of marketplace ministry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so when my ancestor carried Lincoln, um, in a way, I feel like we've been carrying the Lord and he's really carrying me, but we're billboards for Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so I stepped out July 27th, 2007. I left retirement, 401k health insurance, didn't have a single booking to preach. My mom called, are you nuts? What are you thinking? You know, she's thinking stability, security. Yeah. And then next thing I know, God allowed me a divine meeting. I'm having breakfast with Billy Graham's son-in-law. And his wife, Gigi, says, my husband had the best time. He wants to meet you for lunch. And I'm thinking he's really nice or really bored. Yeah. And the next thing I know, he says, can I have your resume? I almost fell out. Billy Graham's son-in-law is asking for a resume. I said, why? He said, well, we don't have a D.C., Maryland, Delaware coordinator for my father-in-law, Dr. Graham. Oh, wow. For five years, I was on staff with the Grahams. Right after I quit my government job, they say politics and religion don't mix, but that I tell them drinking and driving don't mix and they do it anyways. (laughs) But, you know, and then so they were the Rolls Royce of evangelism, as you know. Absolutely. Yeah. That had to be some great experience. Well, it was humbling. And then I did 10 of Franklin Graham's 50 state tours. I was in charge of two of them. Were you Uh, in Louisiana? I was at that one. um, You know what? No, but we talked. Uh, We definitely have some mutual friends in Louisiana. Yeah. I wish I did a lot of the East Coast. I did. Uh. Washington State, and I helped do the Pasadena Rose Bowl in California. Um, And then I spoke for Luis Palau right before he passed in Portland, Oregon, was his headquarters. But it's just been a wild ride. But I was personally booked, Beth, in 10 countries in 2020. saw that, yeah. And uh, I just preached in communist Nicaragua. I was invited to pray over, of all people, communist President Daniel Ortega in his house. Uh, that was two weeks before Slow the Curve. I just preached three years in a row at Mandela, Nelson Mandela Soccer Stadium in Uganda. Yeah. Um, I was on my way to Pakistan to preach to 100,000 Muslims, and they told me the Taliban was going to be on the rooftops. A mentor told me, former U.S. Marine, it's better to go and fight them overseas than wait for them to come here. And uh, I knew not only what was coming, I'm not trying to scare your viewers. I know what is coming. Yeah. Um, the reason we went so fast, our only hope is Jesus. I mean, 
a lot of people think it's going to get better. I'm telling you, the only thing guaranteed is Jesus is coming back. And I say this in love. And this is a guy that's been around Washington his whole life. I mean, born on Capitol Hill. My whole family and ancestors worked on Capitol Hill. But, you know, I've been in a room with both President Biden and Trump. And we need to pray for those in authority. Yeah. And I know half your audience, half are for one group, some are with the other group. We need to seriously get on our knees and pray for those individuals. Yeah. They're still breathing. There's still hope. But I'm telling you, the answer is in the Bible, not Biden. And yeah. the answer is in the Trinity, not Trump. And uh, we're not trying to hurt anybody. But I've had this saying, we're so busy, Beth, playing checkers when the real battle's at the chess table. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, we're so busy with the NFL, the NBA, MLB, you know, we're more excited about the Super Bowl than Easter Sunday. It's a yeah. shame. It you know, we, was it Elvis or the Beatles? Is it Mariah Carey or Whitney? Who had the better voice? See, we're playing yeah. checkers. Mm -hmm. um, it's a diversion. Yeah. The, the chess table, uh, not when you graduate from the kids to the grown up table, it's the same old battle from day one. It's the Lord versus Lucifer. Satan or the Savior, you're going to heaven or hell. And that's not glamorous, but it's the gospel truth. It and is. I just think we can be so, it's like everyone wants to go to the beach. Oh, we're going to Myrtle Beach. And that's great. But you've made a temporal vacation, but you've got to have a reservation for eternal vacation. Because I like what one friend said, hell is too long to be wrong. And yeah. and if if we learned anything in the pandemic, Beth, I think, God gave us a space of grace to see his face. And when yeah. all of our idols collapsed and the mm -hmm. 100,000 stadiums were empty mm -hmm. and Hollywood is not filming, theaters are empty, the only thing, the only one still standing is Jesus himself. And I almost, like with tears, I can see him. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You know, the only thing worth looking at. He's standing tall. He's head and shoulders. And I'm just telling you, millions and millions are not ready to see the king. So, yeah, so I'm just trying to get everybody back and uh, keep their eyes on the prize. And we're going to talk about urgency in a minute because, you know, that stirs up the sense of urgency, which your book is about. But, you know, you you know, Washington and, you know, the Billy Graham organization. So, you know, the two worlds that really people are trying to figure out right now. So people, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit before. I mean, people don't know what to believe. They don't know what's true. They don't know what's not true. There's nothing going on in Washington that people trust. I don't care who the president is because nobody really trusts the system. So what do people do with their frustration with that? Because while yes, we focus on Christ, we're still in the real world where all this stuff is crumbling around us and we don't know how to be productive and do something that is helpful. So most people are sitting back doing nothing. Mm. That's a good word. Well, first of all, I'll say this. I think we need to turn off the fake news and yeah. get in the Bible and to glean from the good news. Yeah. The Bible says perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And yeah. I think when we look at the Lord, um, a lot of the confusion will disappear. Number yeah. two, race relations is not as bad as lamestream media want to tell us. Exactly. You know, I think our African-American friends and us, we get along just fine. But yeah. if you watch certain three-letter television networks, yeah. um, they're going to 
mislead you and sell you a bunch of lies. And, and, and what's sad is if you're only getting your news from the news, there is no good news. There is uh, no good news. When you get in the word, then you can bring joy to the world. You know, I mm -hmm. like what Martin Luther King said. You as a child of God is to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Yeah. So when you get in the word and the joy of the Lord is your strength, when you walk into a room, your disposition, your personality, your joy can literally not cancel culture. You can encourage the culture and you are a glow stick. You know, the darker the night, the lighter the it's bright. And I just think because we're not in the word, we're actually afraid of the world. Yeah. Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Yeah. He said, occupy till I come. He said, having done all stand. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself. <laughs> and, um, you know, a mentor told me in ministry, if you see a polar bear and the pulpit, you'll see ice cubes in the pew. Everything rises and falls on leadership. On one hand, I want to tip my hat to the clergy who've been bold and biblical. But some of us uh, need a checkup from the neck up. And some of us are allowing the world to dictate when the word should be driving the car. So, um, you know, there's some pastors doing it right. And then some need a, a, to get back in the prayer closet and come out. Once you're biblical, you can be bold. And yeah. God gave me a word. You'll like this, Beth. And last year, if you didn't have a backbone in 2020, you don't deserve a microphone in 21. I love that. I saw that and I thought, you know, but, you know, a lot of people don't feel like they had a backbone because they're they're sitting back going, you know, I don't want to get the COVID virus. Do I get the vaccine? Do I not get the vaccine? And I got the vaccine. So, you know, I mean, you, you're trying to do the best with what you Amen. know. And, you know, now people are fighting over who got the vaccine or didn't. And it's right. it's, it's the well, enemy that's bringing in division. And I mean, people are falling apart over the stupidest things. No, you're right. And that's why keep in mind the devil's middle name is division. Yes. Number two, the Greek word for denomination is division. Yeah. And I think in this late in the game, if we're going to be religious, we're going to resemble the devil because we're going to divide yeah. But when we have a real relationship with Jesus, we're going to mobilize and we're going to multiply. And uh, at this juncture, Jesus is bigger than my Baptist box. He's more wonderful than the Wesleyans. He's more mighty than the Methodists. He's more powerful than the Pentecostal because he explodes a label. And, yeah. and I don't think we need religion. We just need to be real and we need to get ready. Um, I've been telling my friends you know, it's not even if Trump comes back. The key is the Lord's coming back. Exactly. And, and we need to listen to, for the sound of the trumpet more yeah. than keep our eyes on Trump or Biden. Yeah. If you were to crack the dead center of the Bible, 38,000 verses, the dead center of the Bible, Beth, as you know, is Psalm 118.8, the dead center of the Bible. If you were looking for a fortune cookie and you cracked open a sermon and a sentence, before Twitter was the fortune cookie. The dead center of the Bible is this fortune cookie of faith. Better to put your trust in God than put your hope in man. So respectfully, when everyone's saying trust the science, <laughs> I don't even trust the scientist. And I know yeah, it's exactly. a personal decision with the vaccine, but I'm just telling you this. At least um, what I really respect and what I'm hearing you saying, 
the catch is the answer is in salvation, not vaccination. You yes. know, when houses of God have gone from permitting salvation to vaccination, that's a problem. You know, you can get three jabs with the vaccine and still die without Jesus. See, the vaccine isn't the end all. Right. Um, I already got three jabs. I'm going to hit it with you. I got three bloody Roman nails that covered me, you know, two of the yeah. heads, one in the feet. Yeah. Um, but so I, but it's a, it's, I know it's a personal thing. And, and the Lord told me um, the haves and the haves nots are not black and white, rich or poor, faith or agnostic, Republican, Democrat. Mark my words, the haves and the have nots is the vaccine and the unvaccinated. And, and the, it could bring in a civil war. I mean, people who've been friends since fourth grade are now fighting each other it and are making a case, you're going to kill me. And the catch is we need to live like the Lord and we need to love each other like the Lord. And fear uh, is false evidence appearing real. And, yeah. and either way, I just know we can all agree that if you know the Lord, we're kids of the King. I have a residence in heaven. The RSVP is secure. The Hawaiian hotels of Hawaii, the Hyatts are nice, but they're nothing compared to heaven. And all Jesus right. said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house or many mansions. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't have told you so. So again, I'm graduating from the kids table. I'm at the adult table. I'm no longer playing checkers. I'm looking at chess because that's temporal. This is eternal. And I think the more we see the big picture, the problems don't seem as problematic. Well, and so in simplified terms, because, you know, I, I think living a life on purpose means being intentional about everything. Yeah. And your your ministry is one soul at a time. And I like to promote one story at a time, like your yeah. story. So we've got to be disciplined in order to turn down the news turn up the 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 real news the good news the relationship with jesus which brings in the peace which makes us effective in an ineffective world yeah. <laughs> right you're on it yeah that's great so we gotta we gotta really buckle up and do what we gotta do to go out into the world prepared because we don't know what's going to happen but we mm -hmm. are called for such a time as this to be in this world you know, when you talk about life on purpose, um, I, I wrote this down in my notes 20 years ago. God gave me this. I was working for a congressman. I was a speechwriter. And at lunch, I wrote this. I'm going to go off the cuff. This is from memory. The saddest story, the most depressing documentary is not the athlete with asthma. It's not the assassination of an ambassador. It's not the child with cancer, the lady with leukemia, or the death of a devout deacon of your denomination. The saddest story is the person with no purpose. Jesus yeah. was a man with a mission. He was a man with a message, and he is the Messiah. His mission, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. His message, he didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man gets to the Father but through him, and he's the Messiah. Acts 4.12 says, under heaven, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And so... I just want to, you know, I remember Rick Warren wrote The Purpose Driven Life, but I'll tell you, um, the catch is it's not ultimately just finding our purpose. It's finding the person, Jesus Christ. I was on Fox News in New York one time, 
and we were talking about the Middle East. And I said, you know what? There will be no peace in the Middle East until we meet the Prince of Peace. And <laughs> until exactly. we get right with him, we're going to be left out on everything else. So I would just encourage your viewers, if you're a Christian, live for Jesus, love loud, you know, be a billboard for him, you know, yeah. be a game changer. Yeah. And I, I really believe if we love God and love others, yeah. that will keep us out of trouble. But what happens? Well, I mean, yeah. And loving others means whether you voted for Trump or Biden, Amen. whether you got vaccinated, vaccinated or not, That's whether it. you're black or whether you're white. I mean, we have to be on the front of, of the uh the the love thing i mean love god love others and if we're not loving well then you know you're like the if you didn't uh, have a backbone in 2020 you don't have a microphone in 2021 if we're not loving well we're not representing christ well and i think going yeah. back to the very basics of that amen well you just said a great it. thing you you said it succinctly if you're not loving well you can't lead well exactly and um I look at us as we're kind of the hood ornament, if you will, to the car, yeah. whether it's a Mercedes or a Hyundai, you know, whatever, you know, we may be the first impression that they'll ever see of Jesus. And um, yeah. we need to represent him well. Which and means we have to get over ourselves totally. and our own opinions. And yeah. we can we have a right to those. But well, that doesn't mean it I'll give it to you on a just a basic level. So it kills me when I hear people say, oh, that's not my president, or I didn't vote for him, or I'm not going to the White House to shake his hand. You know, you could just win the national championship and act like a loser behind closed doors. So, so true. It, if my dad was willing to die for eight presidents, literally, yeah, before yeah. he didn't vote and he never wore on its sleeve who it was, to be quite honest with the Sheltons, I really believe we would have jumped in quicker for someone polar opposite of us. You know, yeah. why do I go minister to Daniel Ortega? You know, um, yeah. I had the honor to minister to Vice President Joe Biden at his son's funeral. Yeah. And when the reporter asked, you know, why would you come? I said, the Lord told me, and I didn't want him to feel all alone when his bottom fell out. You know, I love when Ronald Reagan got shot and there were five surgeons over top of him and he was going in and out of consciousness and he saw the big bright light. It was the ER hospital light. He said, I thought I was dying and going to heaven. And he actually said, he joked, I hope you're all Republicans. And this is a great quote. The chief cardiologist at that Washington hospital after the president was just shot, Ronald Reagan, to his credit, he was a big time loyal Democrat, but without missing a beat, overlooking the president of the United States, to his credit, he said, Mr. President, at this juncture, we're all Republicans. It put Reagan at ease. He goes out under with anesthesia. The doctor helped save his life. And, and we went from that to, you know, if dad's willing to die for these guys, how come some people can't even say hi or pray for these people totally different than us? Yeah. So I have a saying, if we only hang out with folks who look like us and vote like us and talk like us, you don't look like Jesus. Yeah, Paul exactly. was all things to all men to win some. And God gave me a word a long time ago. It is virtually impossible to hate someone when you've been on your knees praying for them. That's and so good. Just think the closer we get with the Lord, 
the more we can love like the Lord, because this world, uh, I think people are looking for a utopia. Uh, I'm not dropping names. I've been blessed. I've been on Air Force One. I've flown on Air Force Two. Lately, it's been Southwest Airlines. And I'll be honest, I was just on American Airlines and uh, I was upgraded to first class, which doesn't always happen. I'm in the second row of first class. They give me a drink. I took down my mask. I got the drink. I didn't have it down for 20 seconds. I mean, they just gave me the drink and they're screaming at me. You're not wearing a mask. And I'm like, wow, you just gave me my drink. This is in first class. So there's no respect for leadership anymore. There's no respect for authority. And I can assure you they're working hard, the pilots and the steward. But I can tell you they haven't been alone with God because they're allowing their fear to be afraid of everyone in their presence. And I'm not trying to hurt anyone, but lately American Airlines, it almost feels like an American Airlines. Uh, But, you know, the Bible I read said that America was going to lose the superpower status one day. I can't help but think the train came off the track. And that's why I wrote this book, Urgency. It it has an hourglass and the sand of time has about slipped through. And it it just came out three weeks ago. It was the number one new release on Amazon for all of Christianity and evangelism. And I'm not on your program today to sell a book, but here's your homework. If you don't know the Lord, I want to encourage you this weekend, you've got to buy two books, the Bible and this book, because, you know, when the Lord comes back, um, I'm telling you, this could be a game changer for some and a life changer for others. And it's my life story. I mean, who goes to Pakistan to preach with the Taliban? I didn't do it because I was bored. (laughs) I didn't do it because I was on an ego trip. I was on a missions trip. You know, Jesus was the only son of God, and he was an evangelist. He was the first rescue mission. He came from heaven to earth, and um, I'm just telling you, soon and very soon, he's coming, and I'm afraid a lot of people aren't ready. I love how, you know, you have been, you know, you're you're very understanding of and experienced in what's going on in Washington. You were with the Billy Graham organization for years, so You've been, you're experienced in so many uh, environments and you've been in an environment where there's effective evangelism. I mean, if the Billy Graham organization, the Cadillac of how to do things well, you know, and so you, this book urgency, I think is so critical. I agree with you because it's about heaven or hell. I mean, it's basically about the sense of urgency. So after all you've been through and all you've been exposed to and all you've been privileged to get to watch, you're back to the basics of the gospel. Amen. You know, um, someone asked a renowned theologian weeks before he died, if you could sum up 70 years of ministry, what would you say? And the man with more degrees than a thermometer with tears in his eyes, said, I would take it back to what I learned as a child at vacation Bible school. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible. Tell me so. And I just think we need to get back to basics. When I was growing up playing high school basketball, and then I coached a few years, you know, we lost more games over the fundamentals than the razzle and dazzles. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. missed layups, and miss free throws. And, um, you know, and I, I just think we need to get back to basics. You know, Beth, it's, I'm not trying to knock anyone. Uh, 
but it's almost we went from preaching a sinless Jesus to whether you can fit in skinny jeans on the pulpit. You know, we've gone from evangelism to entertainment. You know, we went from the Holy Ghost to smoke and mirrors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and those churches collapsed in the pandemic. You know, yeah. they went from playing it safe. We need to preach Jesus saves. Yeah. Those same mega pastors, bless their heart, most of them. Well, we're listening to the CDC. No, you better listen to JC. Well, we're going to honor the WHO. No, you need to remember who called you to preach. Yeah, exactly. And if you wait for Gates or the globalists or the government to say you can have church, uh, we're going to miss it. And, yeah. you know, I lead a Bible study to state senators in our capital. God has allowed me to lead a Bible study to state senators. I believe in Romans 13. We need to honor those in authority. But newsflash, God is greater than the government. And oh, when yeah. three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I preached one time with Tony Evans in the Bahamas, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Can I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> but he preached the paint off the wall. But here's the thing. They honored the government and to a point where it went against their God. So we're thinking, you know, I, I had a Presbyterian pastor in, in, in our state one time saying, Frank, you're wasting your time ministering to these politicians. And I said, why is that? He said, quote, um, they already have the government on their side. I said, so are you implying that the day they die, they go straight to heaven because they were a senator? <laughs> and he said, I'm, I'm like, brother, you need the Lord. I mean, that's false theology. I mean, we're sinners. Our sin separates us from a holy ground. And, you know, you look at the back of your iPhone these days, Beth. The apple had a chunk in it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, are they capitalizing on the fall of Adam and Eve? Yeah. And searching the book, it's true. The man who was the first marketing for Apple was a 33-degree Mason, Freemason. And the slogan in the 80s for Apple, the first ever public relations campaign for Apple, it said, take a bite and Apple, B-Y-T-E, computer bites. And it's a documented fact. The first Apple computer in the magazines across America, it was sold for $666. Wow. They didn't even try to hide it. So when you guys are saying, when I say society, trust the science um, and love, you know, some of America's top doctors don't even believe in the Lord. And when yeah. you know the great physician, I don't know if you can completely trust the Surgeon General these days because we yeah. need Jesus. Put your trust in God, not me. Yeah. Well, we could talk all day, but we we got to wrap it up. But let's, you know, in your book, you talk about your life story. You talk about your research on the pandemic, uh, plandemic. Um, you talk about a lot of what else is in your book? Because there are questions that people have. Absolutely. That you answer in your book. So yeah, what are those? Well, and then of all things, I was awarded by an ambassador at the United Nations three years ago. They were also telling us about the New World Order. The New and World I, Order. They were talking about 17 sustainable growth. Uh, there's an agenda and, and that will roll out. You know, whether you're saved or lost, I would really encourage you. You got to get the book to read this stuff. Look, I'm going to throw yeah. you something. Um, we also talk about race relations. 
Um, I had a chance to connect with Alice Marie Johnson, who got a pardon from the president. The Lord used me to connect Roger Stone with Franklin Graham the night he made a public commitment. So one was black, one was white, one was male, one was female. Both became born again Christians. I got a pardon from Jesus. You got a pardon. We all need a pardon. But yeah. pardons are only good if you're still breathing before the Lord comes back. Uh, but let me just share with you one thought parting. I'm preaching in Orange County, California, February 2020, for the man who was best man at Rick Warren's wedding. He's had me preach three revivals for him. He's a dear friend named Danny Daniels. I am preaching the last night of revival. The front page of the L.A. paper says Kobe Bryant memorial service today in Los Angeles. Coronavirus sweeping across the country looking for a cure. That was two weeks before the slow the curve in March. The Lord said, I wonder if there's a correlation connection between the two events on the front page. And the interesting thing is the word Kobe, K-O-B-E, in Hebrew, Google translate back to English, Beth, Kobe spells COVID. C-O-V-I-D. If you Google, your friends watching this today, where is Kobe Bryant buried? Corona, California. Corona, California. Corona Del Rey. There's 19,450 cities and towns in these 50 states. I think of two, North Carolina, California, with the name called Corona. And four years in advance before Kobe died, it was predicted he would die on a helicopter crash on a cartoon. That's a documented fact. And the interesting thing is, is was his death symbolic of the hundreds of thousands who would die with this intentionally released virus that came out of Wuhan? That's a fact. Yeah. And we're other, either under the blood of the lamb or the blood of the beast. Jesus shed his blood to let the followers go free but those who are pawns on the devil's chess checkers board, he takes their blood for his satisfaction. And I just, the devil believes the greater the Hollywood star, the bigger a blood sacrifice. So was that fortune telling, and I'll just land the plane with this, Kobe Bryant's last ever jumper was over a guy who was number 41. They took him out of the game with 4.1 seconds left on the clock, not four seconds, not five, 4.1 on the clock. He died at 41 years old. And that day he left John Wayne Airport at 9.06 California time. He was in the air for 41 minutes when it crashed. And Calabas, California, in numerology spells 41. And those who dance with the devil are not smiling when the music is up. And I was a chaplain at the Olympics. My friends got to share the gospel. God only knows if he knew the Lord. But I'm telling you this, more than ever, it's the red blood of Jesus that will free you. But the demonic uh, nature that is after all of us, this is an agenda of death and depopulation. And the devil don't play games. And hell's yeah. too long to be wrong. Hell's too long to be wrong. Oh, we'll end on that note because there's so much we could talk about and we'll definitely have to come back and do this again. But there is a sense of urgency out there Amen. to choose Christ 
Because if you look around, there's only one insurance policy, and that That's is not- our eternal, our eternal home, but also our calling for today. Because if God has us here, we got a job to do. So we've Amen. got to know t- that we're empowered with what we need, everything we need. We're gifted, we're called to go out into this world with the answer to all the problems, which is Amen. Jesus. You're amazing, Beth. In, in 10 seconds, they can go to frankshelton.com yeah. or go to Amazon, type in urgency. Um, but dad graduated from the FBI Academy. The FBI today has a thing called 10 Most Wanted. Felons are fugitives, but write the name of 10 friends who need encouragement, who've been hurt by church or don't know the Lord. And just pray for those 10. And call one girlfriend and ask, hey, can we go out to Starbucks together? Call another one. I want to treat you to get your nails done and just tell them what Jesus means to you. Thank you for the honor to be with you, Beth. You're amazing. And God bless you. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you for all the work you've done to get you to this point. Thank you for your book. I can't wait to read it. And uh, we'll loop back around and do this again. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Thank (laughs) you. We need you. All right. And thanks for all the people that watched and made comments. We appreciate everybody doing that. We had some good comments. So thank you.